the challenge of um, social enterprises these days is that funding, right? They they have to they have to um, do a lot of things with the limited um, funds. Now, in order to raise that funds, you have to be um, smart in how you do and uh, how you operate. You're listening to Wicked Thoughts, a podcast by Flair Castro. This show is dedicated to helping founders and professionals understand business trends, social media, digital lifestyle, and how to be a better entrepreneur. Let's start learning in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to Wicked Thoughts. I'm your host, Flair Castro, and with me is my co-host for this season, Miss Coney Barrientos Carey. Hi, Miss Coney. Hi, Connie. everyone. Hi, Miss Flair. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Glad to be here again, and it's an honor and excited to introduce our guest. Um, we're glad to have her on board this afternoon because we're excited to talk about data, which is a driving force of any innovation, and data doesn't seem to get um, front row in any of the discussions also financial literacy which is passionate of uh, passionate about and um, we would like to talk to her about her foundation which she founded and was um, the president for the last six years let it echo she is an industrial engineer by profession but she chose to be a financial literacy advocate and a mother to two wonderful kids and uh I have to say, I've been trying to poach this guy for the longest time, but I couldn't. <laughs> Please welcome him again. <laughs> Please welcome Miss Hannah Almira Ibanez Amora. Missy, I to- I got it in like the complete form because I had to go on LinkedIn. To <laughs> it's so complete, my goodness. Thank you, Khan. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Miss. Thank yeah, you, Miss Hannah, it's an for honor being to here. Be here. Actually, it's really an honor to be here to um, be with you, lovely ladies, and um, uh, to share our thoughts um, on uh, data <laughs> and um, uh, on how we actually use it. So um, now's the time I talk about myself, right? <laughs> no, uh, actually, oh, <laughs> before we proceed to our discussion. Yeah, I'd like to thank. Uh, I'd like to take this moment, just a quick moment, to thank our sponsors. So, of course, we have Thirty Media, our very own boutique social media and digital agency based here in Cebu. Miss Coney's very own Aleph Talent Solutions, a consulting firm that helps you scale your business effectively and efficiently. We have Brolibro, an invoicing platform for small businesses. We have Content Dash, that app, an app to help you create social media calendars better and of course to our podcast partner the company our our favorite co-working space right here in Cebu now Miss Hannah for our viewers and listeners of the show to get to know you a little bit better I would like to ask if you could describe your brand in a few sentences what would it be okay um I would have to say it would be more of a data-driven advocate because I can't say that I'm a finance uh, literacy advocate because that's one that was my first advocacy. Um, I am a CHD advocate and that was my second advocacy. But then I tried to find a way what is really the bottom line of all the things that I've been doing. So basically I realized that I am driven more on by the data that surrounds these advocacies and that what pushes me to tell the story to the people who are willing to listen. <laughs> right, so right. that's what more that's what I am more of. So you love numbers. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. It, it just, yeah, it was like I saw that. Um, see, I researched LinkedIn because I lost. <laughs> so I saw Miss that you um, graduated industrial engineering, and I know how many numbers are involved, especially when you're planning, um, workforce, manpower, everything. And mm-hmm. uh, I saw that you worked in Lear. It's like I would like to ask, like, how was that like, like planning manpower? That sounds really fun, but I don't think I could do it <laughs> actually when i worked with lear i didn't really work there as an industrial engineer it was more of um uh design engineering Mm-mm. so basically i was doing um 
I was lay, laying out the wires of the car, so not really <laughs> that much. <laughs> so it's more just me moving around my mouse, okay? Yeah. Put wires here, put some notes here. <laughs> you know, as a fresh grad, that's one of the things that you get into. But they mm. were um, there were talks that they were that they were planning on transferring us to the production line, mm. and um, I wasn't that interested in going to the production line. <laughs> no. True. So I ended up being in the call center industry. <laughs> it's like you had to work night shift as well for how yes. many years? How um, many years, Miss Han? I was uh, originally thinking of just staying in the call center for about six months, but then mm-hmm. fortunately, I lasted for about two, uh, thirteen months. Or di ba tamalang one year? Longer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, night shift um, basically destroyed my eyes because every time mm. I go out, it's already daytime. It's so painful to the eyes. That's why um, even I don't work in a call center anymore. I, it's very important for me to wear my shades, mm. especially when I'm out because it's just so you know it's so. Ah, <laughs> uh, I thought it was a fashion thing. So no, it's not really fashion. <laughs> it's really for the protection of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> like Hannah's always wearing her shades. Okay, so that's it's a really fashion thing. You need to protect your eyes. All right. And honestly, Miss, like all like call center. You know that somebody works for call centers when they um, wear eyeglasses all the time. Like um, <laughs> somebody said, honestly, Miss, like there's a study. Like nobody should be working for a call center for more than two years because your health really does deteriorate rapidly. Right. Um, call center agents are. You know, sacrificing as much as our nurses, except that they're like they're you know trying to support the economy and all. But yeah. it's it's hard. Like, and I know a lot of um, call center agents who are very young and have died of um, cardiac arrest. Yeah, they really died. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, diabetes, oh, unfortunate. Miss, these are like let's say 35, 39 year olds, and they're already like. You know, um, suffering, I mean, right? yeah, suffering mm-hmm. because of that. So that's Sorry. why I asked Miss Hannah, like, how did you survive? <laughs> that's insane. How did I survive by um, having irregular periods because of all those um, shifting and mga requirements? <laughs> you need to meet meet these metrics and everything. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> I don't like what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. So didn't, you didn't like it. What did you do after 13 months? Um, that yeah. was a time that I uh, trans um, that I joined the insurance industry. So right. it was a good thing that um, the the invitation was already there. And uh, for the first time, um, I stayed in the industry for nine years. Mm-mm. Yeah, oh, so I no. stayed there, yeah, for I stayed there for nine years compared to the first two companies that I stayed in, which on an average just about a year each. So mm. when I stayed for more than a year in um, the insurance industry, I I told myself, oh, this is interesting. There's something <laughs> here because I, I like what I'm doing. <laughs> it seems to be nine um, years is long. Mm. Yeah, nine years is long, and um, it's. And I was relatively the youngest um, agent when I joined because mm. all the other agents were like, hi, oh, you have your cane with you. <laughs> what? <laughs> and yes, because the insurance agents back then when I joined, that was back in 2006, they were really the, um, the older generation. We're in the prospects were really the the lolos and lolas right yeah traditional right Um, the parents and everything Mm -hmm. so when i joined and i took on an assistant my assistant would say miss why they're also old (laughs) (laughs) you're the youngest here i know you don't have to say it out loud i think (laughs) when you join i think that's when like let's face it back in the day traditionally we would think that oh we do not want insurance because right we can't mm-hmm. use it it's only when we die that uh, our family members can use it that's how people would oh, yeah you know the reason i insurance. got into it is because my dad died in 2001 mm-hmm. and um it was the insurance proceed that helped me finish off my studies mm-hmm. without having to be um on a as worry a about student. it yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it was something of a pr- 
it had a personal impact on me. So when I was invited to join the industry, I didn't know, oh, so there is such work. <laughs> there is such a thing. <laughs> I didn't know that. So when I um, I listened to their presentation, I liked mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. as a believer, uh, as a beneficiary of insurance myself, I ventured into it. And there were a lot of things that I learned that how I wish it was um, taught to us at a younger yeah. age. So, um, but back then, it was really more on just um, selling insurance. So, I got, uh, I shifted my approach when I learned more about um, uh, financial literacy, that there is an approach to recommending insurance, not just selling insurance. It's really to educate the people that you're, that you want to um, protect that uh, you don't have to push so hard to the point that they will get insurance from you because they are annoyed by you. So I'm very happy these days. (laughs) I'm very happy these days because that is basically the approach now. But when I started, there were really just a few um, uh, agents who would really be doing the education. It was really more on, so we have this. We have this and blah 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 blah. Okay, and then what super understand. <laughs> yeah, I rant about it a lot. Like agents pushing you things, and they're not even. <laughs> no, I, I know, I know. Goodness, I've seen that. I <laughs> think God, you're I not rant like a lot that. about it. <laughs> and then like I like I know one like and this person was like all, like what I didn't like was that this particular insurance agent was like berating people who are not getting insurance. Number one, if they're not ready, they're not ready. They're not going to get from you. Number two, yeah. it's about trust. Exactly. Okay, this is their money. So if you're going to berate them, if you're going to like make them feel bad about themselves, they're not going to get from you. So thank you, Miss Han. You don't do that. <laughs> no, I don't. Because <laughs> I also don't like it. Yeah. I don't like being um approached in that manner and I always believe in the golden rule do yeah. to others what you want others to do unto you so like, Han, when you get annoyed you, by them <laughs> since you're like doing insurance now Miss Han and you're also in financial literacy looking back like what can you say about the typical call center agent in terms of how they manage your finances oh my goodness uh, that's actually one of the um, industry that I was really targeting on mm-hmm. um, educating because yeah when you join the call center industry, your rates are technically higher compared mm, to the average, other, yeah, to the average um, in the, uh, to the other industry, especially when you're just starting. Mm-mm. So, unfortunately, when you get that much money without any financial literacy, <laughs> it's really a big shocker to you. And you, you just don't know, okay, what will I do with this money? It's like, I'm used to not having money and now I have money. So I have to like uh, find a way to get back to that um, that mindset. I don't have money. <laughs> and people actually have this um, mindset, YOLO. You only live once. Yeah, the young yeah, you only live millennials. Once and you also die once. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when the time comes, uh, you only regret na lang. So hmm. you didn't get to save or di- you didn't get to plan, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And um, as uh, it is indeed a, it's more of the, in the mindset. Because mm-hmm. even if you want to, uh, to save and everything, but then your, re- your reality is that you're, your income is just not enough for expenses. So you really need to find ways of um, increasing that, um, your income to cover the expenses that you, uh, mm-hmm. that you actually have. And people, uh, unfortunately, the, the younger generation are really just into, um, you know, I want to travel here. I want to have the latest fad here and everything. Mm. And, and, latest phone, Miss Hannah, and latest yes, gadget. Uh, and it's very interesting. Um, when I started seeing the I- iPhone or Epon meme, <laughs> yeah, um, iPhone or Epon. Was, okay, <laughs> I actually was already uh, more into the CHD advocacy, so it was a really good approach in educating people that yeah, you can have the latest iPhone or you can uh, save off. Uh, your money, just get the the phone that you need, not the phone that you want. <laughs> the phone that you need that will give you um, the right specs in order for you to make a call, connect to the internet, work 
if you have to work online and um, the rest you could actually save it and put in the right um, uh, not platform but put in the right investment so and for the right purpose your mm -hmm. money will actually grow and right. your the kids because <laughs> your money is is actually a very good employee that's what that's how i would like to think it your so money treat is, your money like an employee you know yes. that's the first time i heard that miss so because it's like you have you have to think the money doesn't uh your money if parked in the right investment vehicle yeah will not ask for sick leave will not ask, <laughs> it will not ask for um uh, it will not ask for what no sick leave no vacation leave, no overtime <laughs> yes but it, as long as you put in the right vehicle yeah um i'm always saying you put in the right vehicle because if your objective is to grow your money make sure that you can park your money for a significant amount yeah. of time but then people are, Impatient. I want to grow my money instantly. Uh, no, they don't match. <laughs> they they don't match quick. at all. <laughs> there, was a, there was a quote about that, you know, like, um, I read this quote, it said, like, the fastest way to quadruple your money or make it grow four times is to fold it four times. <laughs> literally <laughs> literally if you want to quadruple it or like grow it four times that's actually the first it, time i've heard of that yeah. <laughs> but like basically miss like you're a proponent of letting the money grow is it because of your experience in the fin the finance and um, insurance industry miss han that you became an advocate of data as well um in a way yes because um uh, when I was in the industry, I took up the uh, Register Financial Consultancy Conversion Course. So mm -hmm. I was already learning all these things and everything. So self-study, uh, lahat. But then if I wanted to approach companies and started educating people, there's always that question, what is your credibility? Why mm -hmm. should we listen to you? So I would just tell them that... Um, because I read all these books online <laughs> and everything, so I didn't have the credibility. I knew what I I was I knew what I had to share is very important. So I took up that um, conversion course, and it was a lot of numbers. <laughs> Miss, what do you mean conversion course, Miss Han? Like how to um, tell people how the money is going to grow? Um, it's more on it's an approach, and yeah, it's basically make a financial plan oh, so okay. the i actually did this one too hello madam flary <laughs> <laughs> i like what you i like what you i uh, know uh you did for us and i really appreciate it because we were able to organize everything that we have like before it was like carpet bombing we didn't know what we were planning for in the future mm. what we have to save up for and then you came along you show you told us okay this is what you have to do this is what you have to invest for save up for this save up for that so eventually what we're doing now is like really following the plan that you sent us and then kind of <laughs> trying to execute it so I think I still have like three more items from that checklist and I'll be good so I really appreciate <laughs> what you did for us so yeah I think Miss Hannah also uh, looking back, ba, um, you were doing this for us. You did it for a lot of other families, for sure. Um, that was also the first time that we met, di ba? Uh, mm. That was in the blogger society, where you yeah. were also trying to um, get the people aware of what you were doing with Honeycomb. So, mm -hmm. yeah, um, I like what you were doing back then. It's so, like helpful for us especially for startup families right like we don't know what we're doing so like tell us teach us mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah mm -mm. and then how did you come about like uh uh with let it echo i knew that we mm -hmm. we met at the visayas blogging summit i think and then the next thing i heard you were doing um let it echo how did it come to be how did you transition into that um i was uh Basically, when I was already doing honeycomb, I got pregnant with our second born. So I was busy with my um, financial literacy advocacy and everything. And then when I gave birth to um, our, to Maven, we were told by the doctor, oh, 
bald doctor and then he would come in you're lying down <laughs> on your hospital bed and then when you open your eyes six in the morning it's like somebody's over you <laughs> where am i am i dead? <laughs> Am I in heaven? <laughs> and it was quite odd because um, while we were uh, uh, okay, so when I gave birth, there were some resident doctors coming in asking us, uh, "Did um, this doctor uh, approach you already? No, I'm or we're not familiar with him. Why? But no, just asking." And then another doc, uh, another resident would ask, "Mom, how's his breathing? How's his crying?" Um, he's okay <laughs> so they were already asking us questions and mm -hmm. we we kind of found it odd so the following mm -hmm. day when the bald doctor that they were looking for <laughs> came and visited us, um, mm -hmm. yeah he arrived and he told us that uh the pediatrician heard some murmur on maven mm -hmm. and he wanted to do um further testing on him so they that was early morning so in the afternoon um maven had his first to the echo and after a couple of minutes the doctor came back to our room and uh told us gave us a drawing this is your son's heart and there are two holes in the upper chamber and the lower chamber of his oh, heart gosh. and then there's uh there's this um um there's a vein wherein there's a major vein wherein it's quite um, narrow so mm -hmm. instead of being able for the blood to pass through without problems it's having a problem to pass through and because there's also a hole underneath it it's going the other way so oh. bad blood or um, unoxygenated blood is mm -hmm. going back to his body then it's because of that um, artery he will be needing an open heart surgery so when we oh, asked him, okay, so while we were being told that my husband was quite very silent, but mm -hmm. me on the other hand, being a financial consultant, <laughs> how much? Was how much? The first question you missed. The first question: How much will it cost? Because <laughs> he's telling us that our son will be needing an open heart surgery when the time comes. Okay, I know that that thing is not uh, is not um, cheap. Uh, cheap. So how? What would it be? So he explained to us that uh, the heart-lung machine that would keep our son alive uh, during the surgery, most of its components cannot be recycled. So they will have to be just used once. So he gave me that scenario and everything. So it would be around seven to 800,000. Oh, <laughs> and that was for that current, uh, for, the, for the time being. And when Maven was around four months, he started showing uh, signs mm -mm. that uh, prompted us to uh, to check up with the uh, pediacardio and uh, tell her that, Doc, uh, Maven was having some, even though when he just woke up from his nap, he would cry and his, his hands, his feet, and his um, mouth were a bit blue. So when she heard those description, oh no, she said that, uh, I think it has already progressed in a way that Maven will have to have the open heart surgery mm -hmm. either one or two years old. And Maven was four months at the time. So on his, when he was six months old, um, we were, oh, Maven had his second to the echo. And true enough, mm -hmm. from the face of the pediacardio, you know, she's doing the procedure. She's doing like that. And then me, I'm on the side looking at her face. No, I don't like your face. Don't talk to me right now. <laughs> and you were taking in, taking in the data from her face. <laughs> like this. Yeah, I'm taking from the data from her face. <laughs> <laughs> facial recognition. <laughs> yes, facial there was something recognition. Wrong. <laughs> yes. And it was right there and then that she confirmed to us that Maven will be needing the open heart surgery. At four months? Miss, four months old? No, he was already at six, six months. months. Oh, that gosh. was his second um still very echo. young though miss. so at six months we were told that maven will be needing the um surgery asap doc what's asap yes, before he turns one um doc the seven to eight hundred thousand surgery <laughs> yes before he turns one so oh, um what i did i dropped um the the inhibitions i i awoke and everything no i I yeah. dropped that. I just went mm -hmm. onto Facebook. Um, just open up. 
okay, this is our situation right now. We would like to ask for help and everything. And um, that's where Albert came in. So mm-hmm. Albert had, was having his startup weekend in Manila and they were calling out for anybody here who needs um, medical funds uh, ASAP. <laughs> and um, so Christopher, my dear husband, reached out to him and told him our story that we don't need the funds ASAP, but um, we are in the, um, we just started our fundraising campaign um, and we're targeting to hit 1 million in three months time. So maybe you could help us. And I don't know, maybe they just found Maven's picture um, very cute and everything with his bulging eyes. They decided to take on our story and it really kicked off the uh, virality of our campaign. So in just a matter of days, um, a lot of people were sharing our story and it really helped a lot. That's why, um, Albert, if you're listening, we gave you the Heaven Sent Techie Awardee. Yes. <laughs> wow. Kudos to Albert. Yes, that's really why I knew about it, Miss, because like, he talked about it and like, uh, and then he, I saw the picture. Maven was finally a ring bearer for his wedding. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, that's uh, during the campaign. That's where I also applied, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, on how data can be used to tell mm-hmm. your story. Yeah. Because I was very. Um, Every donation that came in either through folded paper, envelope, or bank transfer right. or whatever, mm-hmm. I just I basically uh, listed them down and so that I could actually have um, uh, a regular update on where we are. So by knowing where we are versus where we needed to be, um, that's how we told our story that as of this day, we're only here with regards to our um, fundraising and we need to raise this more in this amount of time. So I used my um, my role as a financial consultant in mm. our own campaign. Mm-hmm. So numbers were very important to us. And there, were also a th- there was also a time during the campaign where I saw that the donation was plateauing it's like, okay, wait, how come our donation, <laughs> the money is not moving <laughs> that much <laughs> as it used to be as in the past two weeks. So we changed our storyline. Um, we told them that uh, this is what we've been doing. So basically the numbers allowed us to see that, ooh, there's a need for us to tweak how we tell our story. So we would update, uh, we updated a little bit more compared to when we, um, to the prior time we're in, the it was really picking up so when it was plateauing it's like okay we need to do more storytelling here um we need to uh give more updates on what we're doing and uh where we are so numbers really uh was a good help for us and um um there there were also some people who would um because we were selling shirts and we also had other merchandise yeah. for Maven to help us with the fundraising. So instead of, you know, the typical approach we're in, uh, PM me lang, PM me mm-hmm. on Facebook and everything. Can you imagine the number of people having to send you a personal message to order? Yeah. <laughs> How you would able to track those things or even if they would comment. So I w- I'm very thankful to Google Forms. Google... I, 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 I know you're not paying me, but I'm very <laughs> <laughs> with Google advocate, right? Yeah, I'm a very much of a Google advocate because they actually helped us a lot in monitoring all those um, orders, even the orders. I would, there would be times, Han, can I order? And then they would tell me, I'll just PM you. No, 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 please use this form <laughs> so that I can track everything down. <laughs> So the Google form was actually a very useful um, tool for uh, for us on that one. And eventually, um, yeah, uh, it, after three months of campaign, we were at, um, oh, I didn't tell, uh, not a lot of people know about this, but <laughs> we actually had that experience where we really needed to rush through Manila traffic <laughs> because Maven was having his, a spell where a spell is something where oh, in Maven would be turning blue because there's lack of oxygen going to his brain. Okay. So in the middle of Manila traffic, Maven was already crying again. And then we were actually on our way for admission. So mm-hmm. we 
told the driver, good thing the driver was Pisaya. Manong, it's here again. He's turning blue again. So even in the um the car wasn't closed. So even though we knew that it's gonna be um uh polluted outside, we still opened the window so that Mayfin can have fresh air. <laughs> So we rushed, we were rushed to the um, ER. So when triage, ma'am, yes, we're, yes, we're here supposedly for admission for, um, for a surgery uh, tomorrow. But then my son is having a, um, what do you call this, a spell right now. So it's like the nurse was like, oh, okay, ma'am, you, you, you come in, you come in, you come in. You come in. <laughs> so, um, um, <laughs> Yeah, after three months of campaign, we were given uh, a fixed heart. Yeah, so we were able to, the community, not just me and my husband, um, the whole wow, amazing was really able to give our family a, a chance of having a healthy, a very talkative maven right now who's really, <laughs> <laughs> who's really into my, uh, Minecraft and he loves, he just loves science. So Just a little techie also. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, he and Christopher can actually have a lot of conversation about science, about uh, space, about Aww, Minecraft. Cute. Yeah, it's like, oh my goodness, I see you following your papa's footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Maven that's, uh, yeah, just like Christopher. Mes, if, if I can poach Christopher, I'll try to poach Maven when he gets older. <laughs> can have you can try talking that's to Christopher again, Gong, that's a wink wink, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try Maven when he gets older, I'll have a better time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I like. Yeah. So going. Go ahead. Back, um. Basically, when when we had Maven's campaign, I was still um, I still had honeycomb at that time. Mm-mm. So I see. Um, yeah. But then eventually, when we started doing the support group, let it echo. Mm-mm. Um, it, you know that we're in. You have a hard time because you have to choose where where will you um focus more your time. Mm-mm. to your first advocacy or to your second advocacy. Now, the first advocacy is that with Honeycomb, I already started seeing that the industry was starting more into the finance education approach. Right. So I saw myself, ooh, so there are more people doing this now. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing, more people are doing it now. But mm-hmm. then I saw that with CHD advocacy, I saw that there weren't a lot of people doing it. So to for my effort to have more impact, Mm-mm. I decided to focus more on the support group. That's why in um, 2015, um, with a heavy heart, I informed all my clients that I will be closing down Honeycomb because it was also a time where in um, Christopher was always out of the country. And it was also the time where in I had my yaya problems. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah, having the things a you have to do, old, right? Yeah, yeah, having a three-year-old and how old was Kuya, and a seven-year-old with no yaya, with no husband, yeah. and you still have a business to look after, and you have a support group to look after. So, where is your sanity? Yeah. <laughs> I need it to the leave some sanity for my. Right? Yes. So. That's why I decided now I'll focus more on to let it echo, and uh, there a lot of my time was really sent out was more into let it echo for that one for that but one. I like how you like decided to um I like how you said it that you decided to let go of one so you can make a better impact with um something that matters to you because for for us and it's women's month um and you're a mom and happy you're women's mom. month happy women's everyone. month everyone <laughs> babies like you're a mom and you had to handle all of that like for the most part we women are expected to do everything without complaining i know yeah right uh, without Fred complaining there, but crying without at complaining, night. crying at <gasps> night. exactly fred is there said it best like ginger rogers danced as well as he did but he she did everything backwards and in heels and like I, I, I'm glad, Miss. Like you mentioned that, like you just said, oh, I had to cut one, or I had to um, cancel one without feeling guilty, because most women would feel guilty. True, true. So I, I think that is very empowering, and that's very encouraging. Yeah. That well, what's, you, 
you can say no to things so you can have a better impact or make a better impact with a project that means a lot to you yeah um i just uh i just thought of it in this manner that i already gave it my time Mm-mm. okay so why should i feel guilty about it Mm-mm. so um yeah as long as i did my best during the um during that it's like a stint it's the phase in your life and yeah um just because you're letting it go doesn't mean that you quit on it no it's because you're just exactly. trying to find a way to make the most of your time to make the most out of your sanity <laughs> to make the most out of the limited resources that we have yeah. so yeah our sanity is, uh, has a limitation actually <laughs> <laughs> i like how you put it that way because for me like Eva, we're women entrepreneurs. Mm-mm. I think we have to like find the right time to do things. It doesn't mean we're giving up on it. It's yeah. just like we're lying low on something and then focusing on another. And then perhaps later on, you could get back to something that you're passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like we're giving up on it. We're just giving it its, its that, time. What, like, I thought about that, Miss, because Simon and I had this conversation about, um, I posted something a few days back about how difficult it is to find a BPO director who's female. Because uh, right. most of them are men. And then Simon said, although he did have a disclaimer, said, sweetheart, I'm sorry, I'm about to say something sexist. But it's because, you know, females, they get pregnant and they have to be a mother True. and there are more expectations for them. And I talked to a friend, Miss, like one of my closest friends since since elementary. And she did complain about that. Like since she's away, do, like, you know, taking care of her business, a lot of our classmates, not even close to us, would like send her a message and like tell her, aren't you guilty that you're not around for your kids as much? Mm-hmm. You know, like there's that. Oh, come so, on. Yeah, there's that, miss. Like, and then... They still like, think that way? I there don't are know, people that think right? that way. And then on the other hand, there are also people that think that if you're a housewife, you're not doing much. They like, you know, people don't seem to understand how difficult it is for housewives to run an entire household without getting paid. So we're expected to do all of these things and not complain. So that's why when Ms. Hannah said that, like, oh, I had to let go of it to make more impact. Like, I think more females, especially the younger ladies, like who are, you know, trying to make it out in the world, they have to right. shift that. It's okay to say no, yes. and nobody's going to judge you for it. Keep and, your sanity intact. Yes. But the thing is, there will be also um, like the ch- uh, personal challenge Mm-mm. of saying those things. Because, yeah, I'm saying I already said it to you, but uh, <laughs> but during the time that I was during in those phases, it was really a challenge. And I would cry when, uh, when I had to choose between Honeycomb and Let It Echo. Um. I was also crying when I decided to um, let go of Let It Echo because I needed to, um, to focus on myself. So there will be phases. And it's a matter of uh, taking the time that you need for yourself and to reach out to people who would actually be willing to listen to you and give exactly. you the right advice so just a shout out to Polly during <laughs> <laughs> yeah um Polly actually helped me from the with the transition that I needed because can you imagine doing six years of um let it echo and I thought that was it for me um it was also hard for me to let go, and it was also a challenge. I'm mentally. sure, man, since you started it, it was your yes. baby. Yes. Yeah, her so, third baby. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I have other babies in the, inside the house who always uh, uh, yeah, bark. Fourth dog, miss, if we include Christopher. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> no, fortunately, I don't have to treat him like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's not my eldest. <laughs> they do call him baby. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, it will have uh, it will be a challenge as well. Um, uh, getting into that mindset 
of um, having to learn to say no because before when I when I still had let it echo it's like I I really didn't have the heart to turn down the families reaching out mm. for help and these mm. families I actually listed them down uh, during the beginning of let it echo I knew all of their stories okay so I would they would reach out we would keep up share what, what I would know the parents' background, they, um, their jobs. Uh, I would know the diagnosis of the kid, what they've been doing. And for the first year or first two years, I was able to get all of those stories, even just in my head. Mm-mm. Eventually, okay, my RAM is slow, s- slowly diminishing. <laughs> <laughs> my memory is diminishing. <laughs> running out. So thank you. Google Forms again. <laughs> Thankful to Google Forms again. We were able to capture all the data of our um, members. And um, because I was able to capture all of their data, we were able to to um, tell our story to the Rotary. The Rotary who were uh, trying to tell us that they had funds, but they didn't have patients. So they were mm-hmm. asking us go. That's, that's a very friend. nice what? problem. We have the funds, but not like, the what? patients. <laughs> All the time, oh, it's like we have the patients, not the funds. <laughs> the thing Ooh. is, there's no communication between all the stakeholders. So mm-hmm. we have um, organizations doing their fundraising. They mm-hmm. say that they want to have, um, they want to help, but mm-hmm. then they don't have let's say, a very good communication with a patient group. So we, my objective back then was to have a CHD ecosystem. Madam Flary, you posted earlier ecosystem, right? <laughs> True. Yeah, it's so always the ecosystem. Yeah. yeah community. So, mm-hmm. so basically, we told them that um, it's hard for you to tell us, it's hard for me to accept that you're saying that uh, you have the funds, but you don't have patients because I have mm. a list of all the patients that you're looking for. Mm-mm. What type of patient do you need? Right <laughs> so we just scroll down directly on the phone. <laughs> so, um, and they were during one of their meetings because we were um, uh, lucky enough that they would invite us to, to their meetings um, and when I heard them say that maybe we should just stop this program and look for other projects, oh, even though I was just a, uh, uh, even though I was just um, a guest at the time, I really um, uh, raised my hand and asked to speak. That I would like I would like to implore you people to to rethink that decision because if you decide that these number i i went through my phone again mm-hmm. and um thank you google drive for giving me access diba very <laughs> bitch talaga <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Cloud. Um, <laughs> thank you, Cloud, for allowing me to access my phone anywhere out to my data anywhere I go, as long as I have my phone with me. Um, I told them that we have these number of patients with us, and considering that uh, the surgeries are mostly done in Manila, if you decide to stop, where will these patients go? Mm-hmm. Um, most of the um, financial help are are usually processed in uh, senator's office by getting mm-hmm. um, guarantee letters and everything. Can you imagine if you're from Visayas and Mindanao or the outer areas of Luzon having to travel back and forth just mm-hmm. to get the financial aid that you need? So even if you will process your um, PCSO back then because uh, they didn't have the Malasakit program, but yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, yeah. what they have now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they don't um, give a lot, man, de ba, Miss Han? If you're from if if you're from the um outside NCR, they don't give a lot. Mm-mm. Yeah, so that's imagine. Biased. I don't know. The the hassle. They don't miss. Like I think, <laughs> like there are cases that 20. they don't. If you're from outside NCR, mm. but if you're in NCR, they can actually cover a lot. I didn't wipe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's weird. So that's why for <laughs> me and Christopher, we decided that we will just focus more into fundraising because at least we get to control the flow or um, how right. funds will be coming in. Mm-hmm. If we were just to rely on guarantee letters and have to talk to government offices and sometimes you have these mm-hmm. um, 
uh, nasty or not very good um, customer service people. <laughs> right. They're not very good with, um, with with catering to your needs and everything. So yeah, we decided to focus on fundraising and that. It's the kind of story we always need to help this community because it's an underserved community. Mm-hmm. There is a um, Z package under PhilHealth, but they're just covering two cases. Mm-hmm. And um, if your child has, let's say, Down syndrome, automatically that child is uh, not capable, uh, not uh, able to avail of that um, service. So for what, 300, 500,000 worth of um, life-saving surgery, which startup family could actually afford that? For a typical surgery that would uh, cover a hole in the heart, which is uh, usually the, uh, the common one would be the PDA, mm. 80,000 is already small, not expense. Huh? Can you determine where a startup family can find that 80,000? So, we always told them that please stop telling us that you don't have patience and you have money because we have a lot of patience here, but we don't have the money. So that's why we we wanted to have that ecosystem so that the patient the patient group can be the patient voices and remind them on what they're doing. Yeah. So the good thing is that the rotary was um, very open to our um to our story suggestion and they, yeah. yeah they they heard us and they decided okay let's um push more into this program let's do more um uh let's have a run and and they were able to start up a what do you call this uh training mission in soto pre-covid time <laughs> good job yeah so eventually and, it came out to something right yeah and then during that first training mission, my next story to them was, okay, so um, we're able to bring in that outside Metro Manila, the, the procedure. Next is, how can we support the doctors? Well, what do you mean? Because for every X number of patients or 10,000 patients, there's only one surgeon for it. So with, so with so COVID already. That's how few. Yes. Yes, oh. and and um, so I try to court <laughs> mga um, mga people in the medical field. Maybe you'd like to venture more into this uh, subspecialty, and then they would tell me, "Han, it's gonna be, it's gonna cost us more." Or we also want to start up a family. How can we provide for our family if we keep on studying? <laughs> we need to start earning a person. <laughs> if we keep on studying, yeah, it will take several years for them in order to get that level where they will be um, uh, experienced enough and confident enough to operate on the fist of a baby. That's the size of a heart, right? So your heart is the size of your fist. So can you imagine the fist of a baby? Uh, So so I told them that story. So that is my next next story that I want to focus on is that in... um, the surgeries being done right now, for me, those are short term because mm-hmm. babies will always be born with a congenital heart defect. And because um, it happens one in every 100. And according to the study that I did back in 2017, that's 48 in one day in the Philippine context. That's oh. one in every 30 minutes. Ms. Han, question. Is that yes. genetic? Like, how do babies get um, CG? CHD? Um, there are uh, several factors. One could be genes, yes. Mm. Uh, there will be um, uh, there will be patients who, uh, because of genes. Uh, for m- even though it wasn't on genetics, it could also be if you were pregnant and you had um, chicken pox or missiles, mm-hmm. that is that can cause um, high chance for uh, genetic defects on the Gosh. unborn baby, especially in the first three uh, first three months, first trimester. Mm-hmm. So that one, and then third could be if you took some medication 
during the first trimester because that's the time that the heart is forming mm -hmm. and all the other mm -hmm. organs are forming. So that could also be uh, one. So when I asked Maven's pediacardia doc, so which of these, because I answered no to all of them. Mm -mm. Um, the doctor told me na, because I, when I didn't learn that I was pregnant at the time, I was taking um, medicines for the tamikas. Uh, I really couldn't understand my tummy anymore. So I took motilium and whatnot and all those medicines for the tummy. Mm -hmm. Then when she heard one particular medicine, which I forgot which one it was, she automatically told me, that medicine. Huh? So, Gosh, no. Yeah. So it gave me that impression. Wait, what is this sound thing sound? Is this from me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so Madam Han, um, eventually you were back in the social enterprise, you're back in the nonprofit sector. How is it for you? How was the transition from you know running your own org and now you're back in this space? How is it for you? Um, it's actually interesting because you I get to see that oh, Oh, there's still I could actually help this arena because um, with everything that uh, that with my past experiences I could bring them in and help them get into technology get into um, using data in when they do tell their story mm -hmm. so um, can I plug a little bit of, oh, of an oh, event that we're sure. <laughs> trying oh, to come yes. yeah <laughs> Um, at Spring Rain, I, I basically uh, suggested that in order for the for our nonprofit clients to hack the way they tell their story, is maybe to conduct a datathon wherein they could hack their their story by using data. Because you know how um, nonprofit organizations work; they usually tell their story just through emotions. So they tell their story through um, emotional storytelling. But when I told you earlier about the number of babies being born in a day with CHD, how did that make you feel, Con? Um, honestly, Miss, like um, with a story, it's important that you mix data and emotions. Because when you mentioned like 48, 48, what was that? 48 in a day? Yeah, 48 yeah. in one day. That kind of like, that's very alarming. So I'm yes. like, why isn't anybody talking about Well, you're talking about it, but I don't think we're giving it enough yes. attention. Uh-huh. 48 is a lot. If I could also add Ms. Koniba, because we were talking about startups yeah. in the Philippines, solving local problems, mm. solving local challenges. Yeah. I think this is one space that has to be disrupted by, exactly. you know, like, yeah. you know, new startups. Think about our education space. Miss, uh, the, the shortage of surgeries, yeah. miss. The surgeons, the, the and healthcare surgeons Definitely. and healthcare workers. That was really alarming. Um, mm -hmm. That's why I love data, Miss Han, as much as you do. Because like, although emotions can only do enough or so much, but data never lies. Numbers yes. never lie. Exactly. That's why I love numbers. And then, like, I think it was uh, Miss Flair, like, introduced me to startup, like, a couple of days back. Now, Miss, I'm watching another Korean show. And my, oh. husband, my husband's like, Sweetheart, I think you need a break because you might start talking with a okay, Korean sorry. accent. <laughs> so, like, there's a new you? show. I'll send yes. it to you. It's <laughs> yeah. Taiwan, Taiwanese this time, but still about startups. I look for the link. Okay, <laughs> and then, like, there was um this show, Dr. Romantic or something, and he had, he, like, one of the doctors said after a probe, he said, the minute you involve emotions um, in an argument that can be won with facts, you've lost. That's yeah. why I love data. Mm. So if you mix Agreed. data and emotions at the same time, you're difficult. That's powerful. Yeah, yeah, that's very powerful. You, it's a very uh, powerful way of telling your story, Jude. Yeah, it's data and emotions together. That's unbeatable. Yeah, and that's why we would like to um, hack the way the nonprofit sector tell their stories because um, I came from that arena wherein I didn't want to keep on uh, invoking the emotions of the people yeah. because I end up crying myself. Um, if you keep on invoking the emotions, people tend to get tired. Yeah. So you get compassion fatigue. Yes. Exactly. That's the, the phrase. 
fatigue. Mm-hmm. Yep. And story. even donor fatigue. Mm-hmm. So if you keep on just relying on the same set of donors to support your cause, they will get tired also because they will be asking, what have you been doing to all the donations we've been giving yeah. you? And if you're the kind of organization mm-hmm. that doesn't even track the things that you've been doing because, yeah, I'd rather do more um, outside. I'd rather help more outside. But how can you sustain your um, your advocacy if you are not even able to measure the things that you're doing? Right. And if you're not mm-hmm. able to measure the things that you're doing, how can you attract more people to help you your, with your cause? So, yeah, it's very important that us... Um, especially in the nonprofit industry because uh, data is not something that is um, widely uh, using data and telling the story is not yet widely uh, done or practiced. Mm-hmm. True. So they would like to focus more on in their um, projects, but they don't want to deal with the paperwork, with the uh, with, uh, um, col- uh, collecting of data and analyzing the data. There are people who would collect data, but they don't analyze the data. They don't use the data that they were able mm. to collect in telling their stories. So yeah, um, if you are... Um, let's say a creative or a data analyst who would like to help the nonprofit sector, please do reach out to me because we will be needing mentors or even participants um, for our uh, Spring Rains Datathon, hopefully by July. That's really nice. I, think it, I think this is the first time that um, you somebody actually ran or is running a uh, uh, a program with data to help nonprofits. Data thon, yeah, yeah, because nonprofits don't usually do that. Yeah, they just use emotions. <laughs> but this time, we're gonna see data. Exactly. exactly. That's why we're gonna hack the way they tell their stories. Exactly. Speaking <laughs> of data, Miss Blair just posted something about data and startups. So when you ship, you ship all often. Get the data. If you don't have the data, change the founder. <laughs> oh yeah, or just kill your product. Doesn't make sense. Right? Yeah, kill the product. Change the founder. You don't have data. Yeah, it's true. If you don't have data, what is the point? What are we doing? Yeah, we can't make decisions without it. (laughs) There was this one time, but like I think there was an interview, and then it it was an interview for a marketing person, I think. And this person just said, I don't use data. What my gut? So I'm like, okay, thank you, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your time and for wasting my time. Exactly, like the moment he said he doesn't know (laughs) analytics or he doesn't use analytics, he uses his guts. I'm like, okay, thank you, thank you for. (laughs) What if your gut is broken? (laughs) Exactly, I was like, fine, like gut maybe use it for like you know certain things, but like analytics, like marketing, (laughs) pakka. Are you sure in the right field? Right, sige. Okay, let's wrap up, madam. Um, if you have one word or phrase that uh, you can summarize. I know you said a lot about uh, using tech, using data, especially for social enterprises. If you could wrap it up, what would be like your main message in using um, tech for social enterprises? Oh, um, <laughs> wrap up. Uh yeah, um, there. The challenge of um social enterprises these days is that funding, right? They they have to, they have to um do a lot of things with the limited um funds. Now, in order to raise that funds, you have to be um smart in how you do and how you operate. So there, um, basically with an open mind, learn to reach out to people who actually have the experience on certain technology. So if you want to learn more on how to, um, what do you call this? Uh, uh, on how to have a good database. So there are free tools out there. And again, I am a Google advocate. <laughs> there are Google, Google business- pay you by this yeah. <laughs> 
There are um, groups out there, the Google Business Group, right? Or the Google uh, GDG Group. So just a matter of researching them. Um, there are free tools out there that can actually help out your social enterprise and be able to monitor the impact that you're doing. Because if you are able to monitor, there are a lot. I mean, honestly, there are a lot of other foundations willing to help out as long as they see numbers. Right. So it's not just a matter of doing the job, but measuring the job as well. So that's a wonderful wrap up there, Madam. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think that's about it. We would like to thank you, Miss Hannah Amora, for being our guest this afternoon. I also learned a lot, you know, I mean, so for Women's Month, having you as our first guest, you know, you relaying all your struggles from the start up until now, um, and still you are in the social enterprise um, industry or, or, or space, and it's wonderful to hear your story. So thank you so much for your time, Ms. Hannah. Thank and you, yes, thank you also for uh, <laughs> for inviting me. <laughs> of course, of course, our pleasure. And Miss Coney, thank you, thank you also for being as usual our wonderful <laughs> co-host for this season. And thank you to our sponsors, Thirty Media, Aleph Talent Solutions, Grow Libro, Content Dashlet App, and to our podcast partner, the company. Use the code Flair F L E I R E for your first free four hours trial on site. Uh, visit them. Yeah. And thank you most especially to you, our viewers and our listeners. Till next episode. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye. That wraps up this episode from Wicked Thoughts. Make sure to subscribe and join the host on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash flair. That's patreon slash F-L-E-I-R-E for exclusive content. Tune in for more Wicked Conversations right here at Wicked Thoughts.